Thank you for listening to our weekly Baylife Church podcast. Make sure you visit our website, baylifechurch.org.au, where you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so that you'll never miss another message. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Thank you. Good to be here once again. Nice and early. You're the, uh, the early birds, aren't you? Nice and early. Although Andy, not looking quite with it at the moment, so I have to slap him around a little bit. But um, it's good to be in church. Uh, can I say, uh, whether you're watching on this morning or whether you're actually sitting here in the service, when we meet together, there's, there's power in that. Don't ever, ever underestimate the power of meeting together. But two or three are gathered here is with us. And, and sometimes you think, oh, yeah, but it's not like it used to be. There's not as many people. They're not crowded in the place, not all hot and sweaty or whatever. God can move. <laughs> God can move in that without being hot and sweaty, you know. It's okay. Same as God can move without us jumping up and down and shouting and spitting and, and all that. Like, God can move in our midst. Never underestimate. You see, there's quite a few people going through significant health challenges at the moment. And don't ever underestimate what God can do in when we gather together, as we're praying together, as we raise up, lift up those things that are tough in our life. You know, whether it's, it's um, a, a physical thing, whether it's an emotional thing, a mental thing, like a spiritual thing, financial thing, like God can do anything. So please come with that expectancy to church. Oh no, just going to church. No, no, no. We're going to church. We're going to meet with our God this morning. We're going to meet with the family of God this morning. And I'm going to put surrender all that I need to surrender and connect and, and have intimacy with my God. And in that place, Anything is possible. Nothing is impossible for God. So here this morning, whatever you're going through, here's an opportunity, you know, and it won't be anything I say. It probably won't be the songs that we've sung, but God can drop something in your heart. He can drop something that you need right now. No matter what you're going through, He can drop a word. He can whisper, just a whisper, just a He can whisper into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit. Go, I got this. This is okay. Don't worry about that. So, so please, never come with just, oh, got to go to church again. No. <laughs> we want to be here. We want to, to lean into what God wants in this place. And, uh, and it's exciting when we see God in our midst, isn't it? So um, just one other thing just before I get into my message. <clears throat> Probably last month was about the first time we've seen a decline in our tithes over this period so, so I just wanted to prompt you on that. You know, I know it's been a long time. We're not taking up buckets. We don't talk much about the offering. But please, you know, if you're going through tough times, of course, you, you, you do whatever you can do. But really, we had quite a significant decline last month. So it was actually, oh, okay, why would that be? But anyway, it, it's what it is. And so just, you know, do what you, 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 you do and, and we'll be fine. But... Uh, just thought I'd bring that to, to the service here this morning in both services. Go, look, I know we take our focus off the money because we don't take it up and we don't talk about it, 
but you know, just be faithful in that place and it'll be great. Well, last year, last week, last year, gosh, <laughs> last week, feels like last year sometimes, but it was only last week, we, uh, we just started to unwrap this, this scripture that I was looking at before I went away and I, thought, I meditated a lot on before I went. And I started with this statement, everything's changed, but the reality is as Christians, nothing has changed. So I'm just going to quickly do a recap on that because we have the same Lord and Saviour right now that we've always had. No, it doesn't matter what the circumstances we're going through. We've got the same Holy Spirit, the same Father God, the same Jesus that we've always had. So nothing has changed in that place. And, and, and we began looking at this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. It says this, be joyful always. Pray continually. Should I teach it? Can you read that? No, I can read that. But, uh, uh, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be joyful always. And we talked about how we can do that. We talked about some questions. What is joy? Where can it be found? Uh, what, how can we recover if we've lost it? Because I think we all go through that from time to time. And to be truthful, that was exactly where I was before we had our break. I, I lost my joy. And, and, and I, I was examining this stuff thinking, so what is joy and, and, and where can I find it again and how can I get it back if I've lost it? And, and, you know, and so I was, I was really sifting through this stuff for myself personally and I feel like there's some application for us as a church as well because I think we all can go through that from time to time. But we came, if I wanted to recap that message, we talked a lot about thongs, didn't we? But, but if I want to recap that message... Um, Joy is a choice. Getting the wave off. Don't go there. Don't go there. Joy is a choice. Is really, if we want to put it all in just one sentence. And it's not what happens to us, it's what happens in us. It's actually what is going on in our hearts, on the inside. And, and you know, if you weren't here last week, I, I'd recommend go and have a listen or watch it or, or whatever. And, and uh, because be joyful always is a choice. It's a choice for you and me. So the second part of this message is pray continually. Pray continually. And I'll probably get through it this morning, I, I think. Um, you know, pray continually. That's verse 17. Just keep praying. Just keep on praying, no matter what's going on. You know, and, and Paul tells us this, to be joyful always. And a significant part of being joyful is to be praying. As Christians, see, joy isn't a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. It's something we have to breathe on in our, in our, in our hearts, in our spirits, in our souls. Joy isn't, you just don't do life and get joy. You know, it, the, the life will suck the joy out of you, but we need to work out a way to refill our joy, to, to, to invite the Holy Spirit in to fill us afresh and to choose joyful things in our life. And one way that Paul's suggesting here is to pray continually. You see, prayer gives us the privilege of accessing God's unlimited resources. We're tapping into the unlimited resource of God when we pray. It's not just, oh, I have to do this, or I'll pray before a meal, or, or no, no. This is tapping into God. And in that security, through prayer, we can trust in Him, in all situation. The Spirit of God is with us. And, and, and that can lead us to be joyful always. Not 
thrown around and jolted around by the potholes of life, the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs and the rounds and, and, and going around circles and, and, and the external circumstances that we, we meet, we're accessing the joy of the Lord and that's our strength. And it's through the Spirit of God. You know, it's an internal peace and a trust in our God, no matter what's coming at us. And, and I really want you to hear this this morning. Prayer is putting our hand into the hand of God. See, prayer is saying, God, I need you. And at the moment I'm feeling lost or I'm, 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 I've lost my way or I don't know how to move forward. And just going, God, I need you. And it's putting our hand into God's hand. And he's saying, it's okay. It's okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. And what, when we confront things that seem to be overwhelming, waves and storms and challenges, we won't sink because God's got us. And it's a little bit like that story in Matthew 14. That's a little bit of a stretch, but, but it's not too bad, you know. Jesus sends the disciples out onto the lake and then it's night time, then the waves and the winds start to come. And then, you know, they see this thing that looks like a ghost walking on the water and, and, and Peter says, is that you, Jesus? And he says, yes, it's me. And he said, can I do that? Can I walk on water? And, and he jumps out of the boat. And Jesus said, yeah, come. And he jumps out of the boat. Starts While he's focused on Jesus, he is walking on water. As soon as he gets distracted and starts to look at the waves and the wind and the storm, guess what? He sinks. He sinks. And, 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 and Peter calls out, Lord, save me. Now, that's a short prayer. That's a short prayer. But guess what? Jesus put his hand down, grabbed Peter's hand, pulled him into the boat, and they were safe. Prayer is putting our trust in Jesus no matter what storms we face, no matter what waves is coming at us, no matter what wind is against us, no matter what seems the circumstances that are overwhelming, and, and, and it's just putting our hand in Jesus' hand no matter what else is going on. You see, in prayer we practice the presence of God. There's a great little book called uh, Practicing the Presence of God. It's by Brother Lawrence. And I think it's 16th century. He's a French monk. And he wrote this little book about praying continually. Praying continually in amongst washing up dishes and fixing things and doing all mundane things. He practiced the presence of God in every part of his life. And it's a beautiful picture of the way we can live our lives no matter what we're going through we can be praying to God praying always continually no matter what's happening in the mundane in the exciting in the good in the bad in the tough in the fantastic we can be praying and uh, and I'll tell you it makes a difference it makes a significant difference and it doesn't matter what waves and storms come at us then we know we've got God with us. He's holding us by a hand. It's like a child, you know, that, that, that where God is, is, is holding our hands as a child. I don't know if you've ever been with your kids, if you've got kids where there's been a crowd and, 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 and your kids just got your hand and they don't want to let go because there's all these giants everywhere and little kids down there and there's people everywhere. In fact, I'll tell you something. We, we were at Disneyland on the last week of the Electric Light Parade. Is that what it's called? I think it was. Electric Light Parade. 
and in, in uh, California with our kids, four kids, and it, they didn't expect, like I announced it was closing, and they didn't expect everyone from everywhere to turn up on this. We didn't even realise that was the week, but we, we turned up. And it was the first time they'd ever shut the gates of Disneyland. It was packed. They had no clue what to do. They just closed it in case said no one else can come in because we can't, there's people everywhere. And this electric light parade was on this night and it was sort of the end of it. And, and it was just people everywhere. It was just like we were just stacked in. And I remember looking at our girls, our, little, our twins were quite young at that stage, and going, hold on my hand and do not let go because if we lose you in this, we won't find you. It was nighttime. It was dark. There was masses of people. And uh, so... You know, we, we just, I just held their hand and we found a little spot somewhere where it wasn't quite as crowded and, and we just held hands the whole night. And, uh, and it's like that with God. You know, when the crowds come, when the, when the stuff crowds in on you, you grab God's hand and go, God, I know you're with us. Even though I can't necessarily feel you right now, I know you're in the midst of this. Your presence is with me, whatever I'm going through. You know, um, had a bit of scripture on that, didn't I? Yes, Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hands. And, uh, and then Isaiah uh, 41, 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. We have this trust and this security in God in prayer that we know he is with us. He'll hear our prayers. He, he, he's with you in the midst of that. His presence is with you. And it leads to joy when we get an understanding for that. And it's not only praying for ourselves, it's actually praying for others as well. You know, there's a great joy. I don't know if you, if you do this, I'm sure you do. But when you pray for others, it's just like, there's not much I feel I can do for that person. But you know what? I can pray. I can pray. I can pray for that situation. I don't know if God's going to heal or come through on that, but you know what? I can lift them up in prayer. And it's when we get our eyes off ourselves, I reckon we get the most joy. When, when we lose our self-focus, when you keep thinking about me, it's hard to be joyful. But when you start thinking about others, you can get a sense of joy. Well, God, I, I, I don't know how, what else to do. I don't know what else to say, but God, I pray for that person. Pray for that situation. God, I pray for... That, that turmoil that they're going through. God, I pray for your comfort to be with them, Lord. I pray for a healing. I pray for a miracle. God, I pray. I pray. I pray. I pray. And, and pray without ceasing. Pray endlessly in your life. Just continue to pray. Pray, pray, pray. See, Paul says this amazing statement in, in Philippians 4.4. 4. While he's in prison, I might add, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. <laughs> now, that is not normal. He's in prison. He's, he's, he's captured. He, he's been persecuted. And he's, he's writing this letter to the church of Philippi saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. That just in case you didn't get it the first time, I'll say it again, rejoice. No, it's about our God, not about our circumstances. And it's in the Lord, you know, who do we rejoice in? It's in God. It's not in ourselves. It's not in the circumstances. It's in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and we need to pray. And, and here's, here's the interesting thing in that scripture, Philippians 4, 4. 
just two verses later, it transitions into a beautiful verse. And it brings peace, a peace that transcends all understanding. Um, actually, I will read that. I've got, I'm feeling, feeling okay. Um, verses 6 to 7. Verse 4 was, you know, um, rejoice in the Lord always. And then verse 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Beautiful how prayer and joy is linked together. They're, they're connected. They're, there's this connectedness as we pray. We get this joy in the Lord, you know. And, 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 and however you pray, the best, pray it. Like, you know, if you can pray it in your day-to-day life, pray. You know, I've found that's what I'm doing more and more these days. I'm just praying all day. It's not like... I'm praying for an hour in the morning or, or, or whatever. I'm just, it's just prayer. It's just God, help me in this. I don't know how to do this. Help that person. I don't know what to do about this. You know, pray, 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 you know. And, and, and you know, I'm sure you have your special spot that you pray, but, but pray continually. This third step says, give thanks in all circumstances. And this is verse 18 in 1 Thessalonians 5. No matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Or give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There's an extremely high correlation between joy-filled people and grateful and thankful people. And I want you to hear this this morning. All the joy-filled people I know are really thankful and grateful people. How many ungrateful people do you know that are happy and full of the Spirit of God and full of joy? Zip, zero, nil, zitch, none. Like, it just doesn't happen. You know, and, and we need to carry this joy and this thankfulness and being grateful for our lives. We need to... It, you need to, this needs to be like this virus. We need to try and get it out there amongst people, you know? And, and uh, how can you cough joy onto someone or cough thankfulness onto someone? I don't know. But, but you know what? The ungrateful ones, you know the people. Nothing you ever do is good enough. Constantly critical and cynical and whining and whinging and never thankful or grateful about anything. And they're, not cert- they're certainly not full of joy. They're full of something else, but it's certainly not joy, right? And if you look at that, here's the thing. With joy, maybe we don't fully understand or comprehend what God's allowing in our life right now, but we choose to trust Him anyway, and we thank Him in advance Um, here's a helpful quote, I think. When we don't understand his plan, we can't trace his hand, we can always trust his heart. We don't understand his plan when we can't trace his hand, we can always trust his heart. You see, God is for us, not against us. He is for us. Through him, through his love for us, we are even more than conquerors, that we're told in the word of God. And there's nothing can separate from his love. You know, um, Romans 8, 35, you know, talks about that. You know, 
shall trouble or hardship or danger or sword or whatever separate us from love of God. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors. God has set you up to win for victory, even in the midst of what looks like defeat, what looks like tough times, what looks like, you, you know, there's no way I can get past this mountain, it's huge. And he said, no, no, I can move mountains, that's no problem, just pray, you know. And, and, and be thankful in all circumstances. And I know that's hard, I get it, I know, it is. You know, we, we've talked about in last week and this week, people um, who please God by obeying God are joyful. People who please God by loving God and loving others and praying, you know, are joyful. And people who please God by being grateful are joyful. That's the truth. And it's just one other thought I want to add to this, this thankful thought. One of the great barriers of um, being thankful and grateful and, and therefore joy is comparison. Comparison is one of the greatest tools the enemy and just, by the way, social media uses to distract us and grab our attention. <laughs> because we're comparing ourselves to others constantly. And I'm telling you, generally, that doesn't make you feel very grateful. Generally, it doesn't make you feel very prayerful. Generally, it doesn't make you feel joyful when you are comparing yourself to someone else. And... You know, the, the favourite expression of someone who's sort of addicted or controlled by comparison is this. It isn't fair. It isn't fair. How come they get that? How come they've, they can do that trick? How come they can eat that food? How come it isn't fair? That's, life isn't fair. No, you're right. Life isn't fair. And that's, that's the truth of it. It, it is. And, and maybe you know someone who compares themselves unfavourably to others it's not good, you know, it's just not good because you never live, you're always looking for other people to feed you and to, to build you, it's a recipe for misery. And then there's the other people who look at other people, compare themselves, and always think they're better than them, they're narcissistic really, they're, they always are looking down on other people and, and neither of those things are God honouring or good for your life, so why would we do it? Hmm. Life isn't fair, it's difficult and it can be unfair and and, but here's the truth, complaining and comparison never help anyone. And, uh, and truthfully, comparison will squeeze the joy right out of your heart and right out of your life. And then we wonder why we're living this joyless life, because we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. They've got a better house than we've got, they've got a better car than we've got, they've got more toys than we've got, how can they do that? And, and it's just not helpful. So, so get comparison out of your life. If you've got to get off social media to do that, do it. Get off social media. You know, I, I, there's some wonderful things about social media. Please don't get me wrong, but gosh, when you are consumed by other people and what they're doing and how they're doing it and, and it, it dominates and controls your life, it's not good for you. And I'm telling you, it'll suck the joy out of your life. Giving thanks in all circumstances means we understand that God has a different plan and purpose for each and every one of us. And he has a different plan for me than he has for you and you and you and you. And so we can't really compare because it's all individual and unique. And so something someone will do really well here 
they'll do something else really well over here. And it's not the same. You can't compare the two and try, well, I wish I could do that and I wish I could. Well, that's not helpful. And, and it's just not going to help anyone in that. Each person has his own sorrows and disappointments. We understand that. But in the scripture, Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Hmm. And just accepting that truth that I have my own plan and purpose on my life. It's not like anyone else's. It's not, not going to be the same. You know, I, I can tell you, I, I, wow, when we planned this church, I was looking at all the churches doing great stuff around the Australia and going, well, why aren't we doing this? And why aren't we doing that? And how come we're not, that, and, you know, we're not growing? And, and you just wind yourself up until you uh, lose your joy completely, you know? And, and, and we just had to be, come to the place that we are content Tense the right word, but we are happy with who we are and what we're doing, and we've got a unique calling for this region to do what we're called to do. And it doesn't have to be like anyone else, it doesn't have to be like Hillsong, or it doesn't have to be like any of the other churches. We are unique in the way, that, and, and you know, truthfully, it, it comes out of you and out of me, our, our uniqueness. And, and we shouldn't even try to be like anyone else, you know, we've got our own plan and purpose, and uh, we just we should be happy with that and, and, and a, a significant step in, in rediscovering our joy is just being, I'm okay with who I am. You know, I'm okay with that. Doesn't mean I don't want to get better. Doesn't mean I don't want to improve. Doesn't mean I want to make my life better. No, no, I'm not saying that. But you know, don't get frustrated in the place you're at the moment. Be joyful. Give thanks always. Pray continually. Um, and in that place, I, I tell you, God can move. God can really move. Okay, how am I going? Yep, right. Okay, I'm just going to give you some practical steps at the end of this message just to go, okay, here's a few biblical, practical ways to uh, help us choose joy, I guess, to have joy in our life. And this may help or not. You, you won't be able to do all these, by the way. There's a fair few steps here. And I'm going to get through them pretty quickly. But at least pick out a couple and go, Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. I should do that. That'll, that could help. And it might be only one. It might be a couple. First thought is this. Make a list of God's blessings in your life. Schedule some time to focus on the blessing God has given you and write it down. Now, you, you might say, that's too simple. That's not going to help. You know? It's too easy to do. And I go, well, good. If you've got all those blessings and they're all evident, well, that's good. But, but sometimes... It can be life-changing just to consider the blessings that God has given you in your life. And sometimes we've underestimated and taken for granted some of the blessings God has given us. Instead of being grateful, we've actually just gone, oh, well, yeah, so I should, you know, and, and take it for granted. No, don't do that. Think about a list of God's blessings for your life. Write them down. And, and, and consider those. Count your blessings daily. Second thought, develop an attitude of gratitude. Easier to say than do. Um, but a, a, a thread of gratitude will become like a, a lifeline of joy to your life. I'm just, I've seen this way too often to think it's a coincidence. When we get thankful and have a gratitude in our heart, the natural 
or supernatural consequences of that is joy. I'm telling you, when we are thankful for what's happening around us, a, na- a joy is the outworking of the way we, we feel in that. And, and so attitudes of gratitude as joy is a choice. But um, uh, there's a way to shift through that. And, and truthfully, God is the source of every good and perfect gift. And appreciating anything that God permits to come your way is just a good thing to do, one way or another. Because you know, Romans 8.28 says... God works all things to the good of those that love him is called according to his purpose. So he's going to work out a good in it. I, I can, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've become pretty good at this. I can find good in just about every circumstance. Now, I don't, if someone tells me, well, they've got cancer and they're going to die, you go, well, there's something good about this, I can tell you, and I don't do it like that. But, you know, that there's good in every circumstance. I'm telling you, no matter what you go through, God will use it for good. And we've got to take that stance. He's going to use this for good. I don't know how that's going to work out. But you know what? He's going to do that. So I'm, I'm going to trust in that. And that becomes a habit in your life. It actually becomes a godly habit in your life. Okay, enough of that. Learn to love what God loves. Learn to love what God loves. And, and so you have to read his word for that. You know, you have to get into his word. And, and what does he love? What, what do I need to, to, to do, you know? And, and, and so, you know... It might be, you know, rejoice always, you know, and so, well, how do I do that better? How, how can I work out how to do that? And, uh, and it's to look to God, you know, and not put our, our hope and our trust in the circumstances of life. But we need to go to God for that, you know, pray, be thankful, wait on God, the Spirit of God. Let Him fill you afresh. Get Him worshipping. Let, let yourself ask to be filled afresh and show you what you need to do there. What what do you love, God? Show me what you love. So this is, I don't know if I even have this one. Yeah, I did. Give away what you need. This is an interesting one. If you're feeling sad and blue, find someone who's more depressed than you and sell them their life. Okay? Because you know what? What you find is you find this hope and this joy in the process of that. You, lift, you try to lift them up, and in the process of that, you are giving something that you actually want, and you walk away from that feeling better about yourself, but actually with a sense of joy. You know, um, how can I give you an example of this? When we were trying to build this auditorium, we had no money. It was just like, gosh, how are we ever going to do this? You know, and, and I remember uh, there was an opportunity to build a house for Watato Children's Homes and I think it was 20 grand or something like that. We had no money. I'm telling you, it was week to week, every week. But we decided that we were going to commit to building a house for Watato Children's Home in, in Uganda. So we raised that money, sent it to them and we built a house over there for them, which was a fantastic thing to do. Didn't seem to change our circumstances at all at that stage. Then uh, Liberty for Nations had an opportunity to so into building an orphanage in the Philippines. And, you know, we couldn't do that whole thing, but we said, yeah, we can commit whatever it was, five or 10,000, something like that. And we went, yep, we're going to do that. And we, we sent a team over there and we, we, we actually, uh, we didn't send a team, we just sent the money. That's right, we employed people over there to do that. And we went as a team afterwards to check it out when it was finished. I'm telling you, that contributed something to here because something broke here when we were sowing into something that wasn't for us, it actually broke something here. And before we knew it, we were actually building again in this place. It was like 
How does that work, God? I don't know. But it's a godly principle, and I know it works in, in lots of different situations. So don't be stingy and hold on to everything and say, oh, I need more money, or I need more love, or I need more this, or I need more that. No, give it away and see what God does in that. Give away what you need. Shift your focus. Shift your focus. <clears throat> There's a law of attraction that says, whatever you focus on in life is what you get more of. Whatever you focus on. Your heart, you somehow attract those things that you either love or fear. So if you are driven by this stuff, um, you've got to be so careful. You know, uh, Hebrews 12 talks about you need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we learn to focus our faith on Christ to learn to find our joy. And, and knowing and loving and serving him helps us unlock and get our shift our focus on the right thing, not the wrong thing. So, so please hear me. I know this may help you or may not help you, but I, I tell you, so often we focus on the wrong things. We think, no, no, you know, I, I need to really focus on this thing because it's all going wrong and, and I've got to scrimp and save or I've got to push harder or I've got to... And go, well, maybe not. Maybe you need to shift your focus and go, God, I don't know how to do this, but I surrender to you. I want you to show me a way through here, please. And uh, sometimes that can help. Create a, a, a growth plan, a comprehensive growth plan for your life. You know, seek to live a biblically balanced life just like Jesus was. You know, Luke 2 verses 52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favour with God and man. You've got to have a plan to grow. You know, here's the thing about this pandemic, this COVID pandemic. I've met some people who are just going on for God. They are alive spiritually. They've got more time to pray, more time to worship God, more time to, to do all that and, and read God's word. And then there's other people going, oh, it's hard, I can't go to church and, and you know, and, 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 and it's like, hang on, hang on. Going to church isn't worshipping God. Going to church isn't our relationship with God. Going to church is going to church. We've got this this. We need to have this plan to grow spiritually in our life. We need to be self-feeders. We need to be able to feed ourselves and, and grow and develop. And, 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 and here, here's the basics. Read your Bible. Read your Bible daily. Like, just have a daily Bible reading plan where you are covering the Word of God and letting it get into you. Pray. Pray regularly. Worship Him. You know, get filled with the Holy Spirit, like allow and ask for that to happen. You see, we've got to have a plan for that stuff. It just isn't a fluke or we go, oh, I was just wandering down the street and then the Word of God just filled my head and it was like, oh, fill the Spirit of God. And like, no, no. I haven't read the Bible for 10 weeks, but you know, uh, no, it's, it's got to be a plan. Okay, I'm going to finish. There's a few more up there, but um, um, they're good. But... Um, the first six were more important, weren't they? Um, <laughs> hey, um, so what I want to say to you, be joyful always. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. I'm telling you, if we can do that, that can make a significant difference in our lives. It changes the way we do life and leads to a more joyful life, a less intense life, a more 
focused life on God, not on ourselves, on our own circumstances. And uh, it's so helpful. So, Father, we thank you, God, for today. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, you have, through my lack of words sometimes, God, but you've been speaking in the middle of all those, in the space, in the the things I didn't say. God, you are impressing on people, uh, prompting people, guiding people, leading people, counselling people, God. Holy Spirit, we, we thank you for your spirit for you in our lives. God, we thank you that we can rest in you, we can trust in you, we can have peace in you, we can pray to you. God, we, we thank you that you are there for us. You're leading us and guiding us every step of the way. And God, we just want to give you honour in our lives. We want to live a more God-honouring, Christ-focused, Holy Spirit-inspired life. And gosh, if we do that, we will live a life of joy in you. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Let's do a song to finish off and uh, we will take this.